You know, God always watches over his people, his people. I think that's very interesting, especially today as we focus on this. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembert. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, here to read through the Bible. We continue in the book of Psalms. It is a great day. To do that, Corey is here with Ryan. Corey, what's on? I'm going to be taking a look at places of refuge that might be surprising to us modern people. Ryan? Today, as part of our creation series, I'm going to be looking to Psalm 72, which I believe helps to resolve a mystery regarding the creation of light. Okay, the creation of light. Very interesting. A lot of people don't think about that. Uh, we look forward to that. What are you doing, Jen? My segment today is called Hope and Strength. All right, so we are looking at what God has said to us. Let's open up the Bible and let's discover this from Psalm 71. This is a really interesting one. And let's listen to the Lord. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 16. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong refuge, to which I may resort continually. You have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. I have become as a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. For my enemies speak against me, and those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O oh God, do not be far from me. O oh my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 16. Psalm 69, Psalm 70, Psalm 71, and 72. That's what we read today as we continue to go through the Bible. It is fascinating. Now, when our physical life begins to wear us down, and our physical life does that, our spiritual life in Christ grows and lifts us up. 
Even if we lose the ability to think and the ability to reason, our spirit is very much alive and the Lord cares for us, those who believe in Jesus Christ. Now, this is important to remember when we are speaking with our parents, our seniors, and our elderly. God provides protection for life. He is our salvation. Today's culture tends to place more value and worship on youth aptitude and power, while God and those who follow God value life at every stage. Our lives are not only for the here and the now, but are created to be eternal beings we are. Eternal life with God can only begin by coming to Jesus Christ today. A lot of people say to me, well, you know, Rod, I, I, I have eternal life, and when I die, that's where I'm going to go. And I say, well, that's great that you have eternal life, but what do you mean when you die? Because your eternal life begins right now. Uh, everything we do in this life, we have to ask the Lord to teach us how to do it because that goes and aims us at our eternal purpose. So, beloved, we have an eternal purpose when we come to know Jesus Christ. That's very important. Now, take your Bible guide for May and turn to today's passage. It's a really good passage. God's protection for life. And uh, I feel particularly excited about this today because so many people are struggling with all kinds of different diseases and everything else where their minds slip and everything else. But I want to tell you something. God his mind does not slip like ours. His mind does not get old like ours. He is a divine being. And uh, his spirit has made our spirit alive. The Holy Spirit for Christians has come into their spirit and made their spirit alive. Uh, and it's very, very interesting to see how the Lord protects us. And so uh, when you write to us, thank you so much for your donations. We appreciate it. Or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. They help us. And we don't tell you how much we trust the Holy Spirit in you. Just pray about it and God will speak to you. Whatever he speaks to you is good with us. We'll live with whatever. And so praise God. Now, Father, I pray today as we look at protection for life, help us as we go forward. Help us to hear you. Your Bible tells us how to live. And Father, we need to learn how to live. We've come to know you. We've given our lives to you, but we need to learn how to live. So teach us your way and show us your path in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all said together, amen and amen. As we look at this scripture, pay attention to what it says, because every scripture is relevant to the Lord today. So is this one. Watch this. Psalm 71, verse 1. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your rightness with God or righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. You have given the commands to save me for you are my rock and you are my fortress. You are my rock and my fortress. Now, I want you to think about that because God always watches over his people, no matter what age they are. God is always watching over his people. No matter what, the Lord is our rock and our fortress. 
God provides watching and provides protection over everyone who is uh, in this world and goes through this pandemic stuff and everything else. Let me tell you something. God has placed us here and God is watching over all of those who believe in him. We've no choice but to seek the Lord, no choice but to seek God. That's how I see it. And that's what the Bible says. And I believe the Bible, the 66 books written by the 40 authors over 1500 years, all with the same thing, Jesus Christ. So beloved, we need to understand that. Very important. Let's go on and read more in Psalm 71, beginning with verse four. Deliver me, oh my God, out of the hand of the wicked. Deliver me, oh my God, out of the hand of the wicked. So many people are praying that right now. So many people are persecuted and that's what they're praying. Out of the hand of the unrighteous and the cruel man. That is a prayer for the persecuted church today. For you are my hope. Oh, Lord God, you are my trust from my youth. By you, I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. I just need to tell you that God grows us and keeps us steady in his arms throughout our life. We should praise the Lord for his love and his protection over us. Now, it doesn't matter where you're at or what you've done or how old you are. Your life is so valuable to God. It's so valuable. The unborn is valuable. The life in old age is valuable to God. It's, he gave it to us. It's not something that we can snatch away. So let's hear that, Christians. Let's hear that. We need to pay attention to the Lord because he speaks to us and he's speaking to us today. Now look at the last part of the scripture because this is really important. It says in verse seven, I have become as a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. Wow. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Now, pay attention here. Everybody, listen to me. Listen to me carefully. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. For my enemies speak against me, and those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and take him, for there is none to deliver him. Uh-oh, oh God, do not be far from me. Oh, my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries to my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. Verse 15, my mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all day long, for I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness of yours only. Oh my goodness, God's righteousness and salvation have no limit. When we give our life to God, he is our help and our strength. Praise the Lord. 
God will help us. Beloved, God will help us. Doesn't matter whether we're watching somebody who is elderly, doesn't matter whether we're working for Love Life or some other organization who preserves the unborn, God will help us. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And today I want to talk about a biblical mystery that involves the creation of light. And the mystery is this. According to Genesis 1, God created light on the first day of creation. But this light couldn't have been the sun because the sun, moon, and stars weren't created until the fourth day. So if this light wasn't the sun, then what was it? Well, I believe one of the keys to answering this question is found in Psalm chapter 72, verse 17, though it will require us to look to the original Hebrew language. So let's do that. As the name suggests, the book of Genesis is a book of firsts. The first recorded words of the Creator God, for example, come as early as Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, where He commands light to come forth. This is very interesting since God had not yet created the light-giving sun and moon. In fact, the greater and lesser lights would not be created for another three days. Thus, according to the Bible, there was a light source before the sun. Skeptics frequently ridicule the Bible on this point, writes astronomer Danny Faulkner. They argue that ignorant and foolish people wrote it, since they didn't see a problem with the fact that the sun didn't exist for the first three days of creation. However, the creation account doesn't identify the source of the light for the first three days, so we don't know what the source was, but we can be sure that it was not the sun. Also, as scientist and theologian Jonathan Sarfati points out, this unusual counterintuitive order of creation, light before sun, actually adds a hallmark of authenticity. If the Bible had been the product of later editors, as many critics allege, then they would surely have modified this to fit with their own understanding. Significantly, it's in the last few centuries that astronomers have realized that a day-night cycle needs only light plus rotation. But if the light for the first three days was not the sun, then what was it? Many speculate that God himself was that light. This is drawn from passages such as 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, which parallels the light God created on day one to the light God shines in our hearts. Another verse used to support this view is Revelation chapter 21, verse 23, which tells us that the new Jerusalem will have no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God will illuminate it. Others speculate that the source of this light was God's Shekinah glory while still others believe that this light was not God, but something he created. In modern scientific terms, writes Jonathan Sarfati, we would talk about electromagnetic radiation and photons. Henry Morris quite reasonably argues that while the narrow visible part of the electromagnetic spectrum is emphasized in contrast with the darkness, this probably included invisible parts such as infrared and ultraviolet as well. Critical, though, to this discussion is Psalm 72:17, though this verse is often overlooked because of its mistranslation into English. 
The King James Version of the Bible, for example, declares of the Messiah that his name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. But that's not exactly what the original Hebrew text says. Rather, it says that his name shall endure forever. His name was there before the sun. Thus, it seems clear that Jesus Christ is both figuratively and literally the light of the world, even before the sun. So the question isn't really what was the light source before the sun, but who was the light source? And all the biblical passages I mentioned seem strongly to point to Jesus Christ, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Psalm 72, 17 and John 1 confirm that he was there in the beginning. And as Isaiah 60 and Revelation teach, in the future, the Lamb of God will be the light instead of the sun and moon, just like he was before he created them. So how very fitting this is. Jesus Christ, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, is also both the first and the last light. Fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating, Ryan. Thank you so much for that. But I also want to mention that in Psalm 72 is a verse in uh, verse 8. It says, He shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And that's engraved on the Canadian Capitol Peace Tower where the parliament meets and all of that. So let's keep that in mind. We have a rich Christian heritage in Canada. I just need to say that. Okay, Corey. All right. Well, as you have been reading through the Psalms with us, hopefully you have noticed that the psalmists talk a lot about taking refuge, specifically taking refuge in God. But that got me thinking about all the different places in ancient Israel that the Bible mentions the Israelites would take refuge at different times. And of course, there were specifically built places of refuge, like walled cities or fortresses within walled cities that were kind of extra fortified palaces and temples and, and that sort of thing, these man-made areas. But the Bible also references a practice of hiding and taking refuge in natural caves in the Judean wilderness. So let's take a look at that. In the Judean wilderness south of Jerusalem, extending even north towards Jericho, are found vast systems of wadis. Wadis are dried waterways that experience seasonal flooding and range in size from shallow to very deep, narrow to very wide. In these wadis, many important artifacts have been found, preserved for millennia in the dry, arid caves that dot and hide in the natural landscape. The most famous discovery can likely be named as the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1947 a discovery that kicked off years of exploration by adventurers and archaeologists alike. Beyond the many artifacts, archaeologists have found importance in some of the caves themselves, especially those south of Jerusalem and west of the Dead Sea. Many of the caves in these wadi systems were found to have acted as hideouts or places of refuge. Historians were aware of these types of hideouts from ancient literature like the Bible and other Jewish writings, so it wasn't questioned that people from the past in times of trouble or war would have fled to caves in the wilderness. But now, some of these caves have been officially explored. While many caves remained relatively unaltered, perhaps with shelving put in or pits dug for storage of valuables, some of them located high in the wadi walls were artificially expanded, and new, more hidden entryways created. Inside these expanded caves, researchers found water collection systems that signal how the ancients were preparing for extended stays, if ever necessary. Some of these caves were even expanded up and into the natural rock, adding several rooms that could have hosted several families. 
While archaeological remains testify to wilderness caves being used since the earliest times in the history of the region, these man-altered hideout caves seem to date primarily from the first century AD, the time when the New Testament was being written and when Rome politically controlled the area. In AD 70, Jerusalem would be destroyed as the result of a Jewish rebellion, and the owners of the caves would have run to them for their lives. You know, people using what they have around them, using their different, uh, you know, the, the, the surrounding geography in order to be safe or to live better. This is a very natural thing and all of us do it. So it makes sense that in ancient Israel that, that caves could become temporary places of refuge. And, and obviously, archaeological research and exploration has proven that this practice was done, though, you know, really didn't need to be proven because there is a lot of literature going back even outside of the Bible that talks about uh, refers to this practice but it also really goes a long way in explaining then some of the naturalistic language that's used when talking about God as a rock of refuge and 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 as a fortress of strength so it's always interesting to know a little bit about the culture and the geography of ancient Israel because it, it helps inform and bring to life and help us imagine what was in the mind of the psalmists when they were writing down uh, this poetry yeah, I think that's important. We get into the New Testament, we see some things. For example, Caesarea Philippi mm -hmm. is a place where they worship demonic forces. Mm -hmm. And this is a place where Jesus decided to tell his disciples, you know, who do men say that I am mm -hmm. in the midst of that? Mm -hmm. And so the confession of, well, you are the son of God. And he said, well, the father has revealed this to you, not flesh and blood. Mm -hmm in the presence of the place where they worship demons. That's amazing. Yeah, and this is just part of, you know, reading ancient literature, because the Bible is ancient literature. So people reading this, you know, 10 years out of it being written, they would have got it right away. Exactly. They would have understood right away. Exactly. But today we have to do a little bit of legwork if we want to get to some of those deeper levels of, of how someone, you know, 10 years out would have understood it. And, and yet when we, when we understand it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, that becomes mm -hmm. very, very important. Now, if you want to see this program again you can do so if you're watching on youtube good to have you but we are also on rumble and rumble is a conservative form of youtube and we're there so look for us bible discovery tv and you can find us and the programs janice yes psalm 71 i called this hope and strength god can be our hope and our strength at any age yes at any age whether you are young or whether you are at the senior um place in your life. And David, or the psalmist here, reminds us of that. He says, for you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you, I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. Yes, he did for you too. You're not an accident. You are not. Uh, God has been taking care of you and watches over you. Um, down a little bit, uh, farther here in, in verse 9, do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. God is with us from the beginning of our life through to the end of our life. Now, also verse 18, now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation. We live our lives when we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, our lives become a testimony. And as we live and as we act and react with God's help, 
our lives become a testimony to the generations that come after us. And that's a real wonderful legacy to be able to live because of God. Now, we will have troubles in this life. The psalmist says here, also your righteousness, O God, is very high. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. This is the promise of God that we have, that through him we have eternal life, that when we pass from this earthly life, from this physical body, we, we go into the presence of the living Lord Jesus Christ into eternity with the eternal life that gift of eternal life that he has given to us. That's a wonderful thing to know that in our troubles in life, we are overcomers, not because of how great we are or our great accomplishments, but because of the accomplished work, accomplishment and the work, the finished work of Jesus Christ by his death on the cross and his resurrection uh, from death to life. Now, one thing that we need to remember always in our life, also with the lute, I will praise you and your faithfulness, O oh my God, to you. I will sing with the harp, O Holy One of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you and my soul, which you have redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought to shame who seek my hurt. We need to keep our minds focused on things above, the things that God has done for us. He gave us his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We will have trouble in this life, but we are never alone because God promises never to leave us or to forsake us. The very most important thing that we can do with our lives is to seek the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. We're here with you every day, Monday through Friday, and Corey and her husband on the weekends to help you go through God's precious word. Let's get it in our hearts. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 3.30 to 4.30. Great to have you there as we are live on Facebook and YouTube and Bible Discovery TV. That's our main site uh, for the prayer meeting. Join us and be a part of our prayer meeting those days. Right now, let's pray. Today we pray, Lord, I love you. Help me to trust you. Help me to trust you with all of my heart, my soul, and my strength. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen.